we'll have people try to break onto that live stream and scam people and and try to direct people to other things. And it, it is a, a bit of a, a struggle, a constant vigilance uh, through multimedia. And yet, and um, you know, in, in this hour, we are seeing uh, that, you know, yet and still the message is going around the world. And I will occasionally get uh, texts from people that uh, heard the message in some other part of not just America, but the world. So uh, anything that the, the Lord can use for good, the devil will try to use for evil. And that's the hour in which we live. But uh, we were talking this morning about um, the Christmas story and I know you know a crash and the normal what we say the Christmas story and I read some verses uh, that were from Matthew and some in Mark and some in Luke talking about the Christmas story and how the prophecy of Bethlehem and, and why that was important because David was from Bethlehem and he was the king of the Jews and yet Jesus, Pilate is going to write, uh, was the king of the Jews and how that he was a lot like Moses and that he went out into Egypt and uh, he was delivered and uh, his Miriam, Moses his sister is another uh, derivative of the same word Mary and she protected him and, and uh, we talked all about some of those uh, things that uh, had happened and then uh, we ended sort of talking about on his circumcision as he went into the temple on the eighth day to receive the covenant of the Jews and they did that through the rite of circumcision to make a, a young man uh, it's commonly called a Brit it, it it's a means the covenant to seal that and uh, it is done uh, in reference to what began with Isaac and now has carried down through tradition and Jesus went through that and how Simeon uh, of course uh, you know uh, greeted them and talked about how the piercing of the heart and soul and and then Anna uh, whose name means grace also <coughs> came through and greeted Mary and sort of uh, you know, took the baby in her arms and was thankful for the redemption that uh, was in Jerusalem that she had seen. Here she was, uh, 84 which, uh, or plus, and yet we know that uh, at that time people only lived to be 40 or 35 or 40, and so she was almost double the age. It was not uh, you know, 84 today may not be as old as 84 was, you know, 2,000 years ago. It's not by a long shot. But here this woman was, and the Bible talked about her fasting and praying. And yet, uh, the Bible specifically talks about the sacrifice that they brought. Two turtle doves or two pigeons. And when you look at that, it is indicative that 
that family was very poor because that's the lowest sacrifice that you could bring was a turtle dove it was or a pigeon it was not you know you could bring a lamb you could bring an ox you could bring another sacrifice but the the minimum it was like the very minimum that you could do when you offered uh, brought your son in to be joined to the covenant you brought a sacrifice an offering that said we thank you lord that this is a son was a part of the covenant and yet we know that, that they paid the minimum. So Mary and Joseph had to be from a very poor, humble family. And uh, that's why probably the wise men were not there on the night that he died because if they had gold and frankincense and myrrh at that time, they would have probably brought a much more elaborate sacrifice on the eighth day. And yet, we also know that they were poor because of the fact that there was no room in the inn. And, and you know, let's be honest, this was not in a time when the Better Business Bureau controlled lodging. And if you walked up and you had a gold sovereign in your pocket and said, I need a room, somebody that had a room that didn't pay a gold sovereign would be in the manger. You understand? I mean, if you had money, money talked. Be, and especially since they were going there to be taxed. I mean, why? what man would not say, hey, here's somebody that can pay all my taxes for a year. I'll have you come stay with me. Sure, I'll, I'll, honey, get out, roll out of bed. They get the master bedroom. And so... It was obviously that they did not have means. And why that's so important is because you, the Lord could have chosen to be born in a palace. He could have been inaccessible. But he came as a common, the most humble beginnings, the most common. And here he was, the God of all the universe, wrapped in flesh. And he came and laid his head in a manger. And what a powerful understanding that I don't care who you are and what you have or what you don't have or what family you were from or what your background is. Jesus can be born in your heart again today. It doesn't matter what your pedigree is. It doesn't matter. Well, I wasn't raised that way and I didn't have this and I didn't have that. I'm here to tell you the manger is still open and you can have God if you'll say, Lord, I want to open myself to you being born in me. That very act of that he went in and saw Simeon and saw Anna was all about uh, the, the circumcision and that whole story was important and Paul made reference to uh, circumcision as I mentioned this morning in Romans the third chapter he said uh, these words therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law is he the God of the Jews only is he not also of the Gentiles yes of the Gentiles only also, seeing it is three gods. Oh, sorry. One God. Messed up there, Paul. Which shall justify the circumcision by faith and the uncircumcision through faith. Do we then make void the law through faith? God forbid. Yea, we establish the law. What 
what Paul was saying is that you don't have to have the outward circumcision in order to be part of the covenant. You have to be part of the seed of Abraham. You say, oh, well, what are you talking about? That's a new radical Christianity. No, this wasn't radical and it wasn't new. Jeremiah talked about it in the Old Testament. Jeremiah said, he, he in fact made reference to Israel being uncircumcised in heart. He said in Jeremiah the 29th chapter, behold the days come, saith the Lord, that I will punish all them which are circumcised with the uncircumcised. Egypt, Judah, Edom, the children of Ammon, Moab, and all that are in the utmost corners that dwell in the wilderness. For all these nations are uncircumcised and all the house of Israel are uncircumcised. You know what? It's not enough to have an outward show of religion. It's not enough to just be able to say, well, I came on Sunday morning or I came on Sunday night or I, I, I've signed the roll. I shook the preacher's hand. He said, I want something to get down into your heart. I want something that'll change you every day. I want you to walk different, talk different, think different, act different, feel different, have a different love, have a different emotional response. Oh, wait a minute. That's why Jeremiah wrote and he said, you know, there's something about the Lord said, I'm going to punish Israel. The circumcision, they have the covenant, but they don't have it in their heart. That's what he got on to the Pharisees about. And, and, and he wasn't the only Old Testament prophet. Ezekiel also made reference to it whenever he said, a new heart will I also, I also will I give you and a new spirit will I put within you and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh and I will give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statues and you shall keep my judgments and do them. Do you follow that? He's saying, I want to give you the Holy Ghost. And do you know what I want the Holy Ghost to do for you? I want the Holy Ghost to convict you when you, oh, oh you're getting off track here. Uh-oh, you're. And you shall keep my judgments and do it. Not because a preacher made a rule. All right, I'm going to tell you what everybody's going to. Oh, and I know we got, you know, we have. Okay, here's a platform rule. Here's this rule. Here's that rule. We got all kind of rules. But you know what? At some point, it's got to go beyond a rule. And it's got to come from the heart. It's got to come. It's not, well, can I do this and get by? What can I do? How much can I do? It's not about that. It's about, oh, Lord, you at some point circumcised my heart. You made a covenant in my heart. I want something to change me, not from the teeth out or the head out, but I want it to come from a well of living water springing up in my heart. If it doesn't get here, it doesn't matter how much you do here. You can say, and I've had people say, well, but they're good and they're wonderful. And I agree. I, I can't deny that, but that's what this whole thing was about. This circumcision of Jesus was, was about the covenant. Ezekiel went on later in his book to say, Thus saith the Lord God, No stranger, uncircumcised in heart nor uncircumcised in flesh, shall enter into my sanctuary. If any stranger that is among the children of Israel, and he goes on, 
And he says, thus saith the Lord God, no stranger, uncircumcised in heart, nor uncircumcised in flesh shall enter into my sanctuary, or any stranger that is among the children of Israel. Notice, why would he say uncircumcised of heart and uncircumcised of flesh? He was making a decree that there is something besides just the outward show. It's not enough just to have the show of, okay, yes, how many love the Lord? And, and, and I know we're living in America and we're living in Christianity 2020. You know, here we are and we've had it for 2020. And you can walk down the street and you can ask people, do you believe in God? And some will say, oh yeah, I believe he exists. And oh yeah, do you? Yeah, I claim to be this and that. And I've, I've lived here now 16 years and I'll see somebody and they, you know, they'll ask me something and I, they'll say, now don't you pastor? Oh yeah, my aunt went there. My cousin went there. My mom, I was raised there. Well, where do you go to church now? Oh, I just, I don't go anywhere. I just, and I'm like, wow, it never got in here. I can go sit on a pew, but unless it comes from here, I haven't been through the fact that Christ had a circumcision, a covenant that he wants to make in my heart. That's why when you go back and you look at what Paul said, he said, and I quoted it this morning in Romans, the second chapter, for he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision, which is outward in the flesh, but he is a Jew, which is one inwardly, and the circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit, and not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. What am I saying to you? I'm saying that when the Lord wants to be born again into your manger, into Bethlehem, will you have room for him in your heart? Will it be just something that I put him on a shelf and I say, well, you know, yes, I, 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 and I know this coming Sunday and, and with the children, we'll have a lot of folks, you know, that come once a year, twice a year, Easter and Christmas, but oh, God wants much more than that kind of a relationship with everyone, that it doesn't matter where they are who they are God wants a covenant with your heart Paul probably the author of Hebrews wrote for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days saith the Lord I will put my laws in their mind and write them in their hearts I will be to them a God and they shall be to me a people what are you saying I, I am here to tell you that, that in somehow the Lord absolutely knows where we are and he knows exactly where, we, where we're going going through but he wants something to touch our hearts he wants us to feel and respond to the spirit and you say well I, I just I, I want to be able to just go to church on Sunday and leave it God's not wasn't want to be born in your stable in your heart he wants something that you take with you 24 7 he doesn't want to just be something for Sunday morning and I know the famous story by Charlie about the man who was a miser. Remember it? And finally, the ghost of Christmas passed and Christmas present, Christmas future came. And what was the theme of the story? Have Christmas every 
day from your heart. And we love it. We watch it. And we have our favorite version of it. Whether it's, you know, the one where the fairy hits him in the face and says, look, a toaster, bam. <laughs> or whether it's the old black and whites that, you know. Huh? That's exactly what the Lord wants. He wants Christmas in my heart. He wants to change me on Monday and Tuesday. He wants, oh, you say, but pastor, you, you know, and, and yet there were so many of those stories that brought back so much about the Old Testament. In fact, John the Baptist, who later went to baptize Jesus, and you could talk about baptism, but John the Baptist spends most of his time in the wilderness just like Elijah. In fact, he dressed like Elijah. The Bible says that John was clothed with camel's hair and a girdle of a skin about his loins and ate locusts and wild honey. And he said, uh, I'm not worthy to stoop down. There's someone coming who will baptize, I baptize you with water, but he's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost. And when you look in the Old Testament in Kings, uh, Elijah was a man dressed in a girdle of leather about his loins and, and lived a hairy man, was out in the wilderness. And so every Everybody talked about this is uh, the Elijah. In fact, there are some people that believe he was Elijah reincarnated. And I, I don't believe that, but he was just like Elijah. And what it was an Elijah that kept preaching, repent, repent, repent. And Elijah baptized the sacrifice with water when he poured all the barrels of water on it. And John was telling him, go down and be baptized. And yet, in the wilderness and John preached that kind of repentance and so when we talk about receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost being baptized in Jesus name being washed from from your past you say well it's just something that you guys want to do it's tradition it's no it harkens back to a covenant a new spirit that he wants to put in us it harkens back all the way to the Old Testament it's something that they prophesied about it's something that they talked about and so when when the word of the Lord came to John the son of Zacharias in the wilderness and he started preaching repentance and and for the remission of sins what a powerful word that was and he said you know I baptize you with water but he's coming and he's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and so here we are 2020 2020 and we are are sitting here and we are able to feel the presence of the Lord and we're preaching that you can receive the gift of the Holy Ghost and we're saying you can be circumcised in your heart and what does that mean that you don't have to be controlled by your emotions or your thoughts I can't help it. I'm overwhelmed. I listen to the CDC and now they've changed everything. And oh, what's going to happen with the election? What's going to happen with this? It's over. And I won't tell you who, but I had somebody told me, they said, if Trump pulls this out, I'll be the first one dancing and shouting. I, I tried to talk them into dancing and shouting anyway. <laughs> I 
Wasn't Sister Carolyn. Wasn't anybody on the platform. What are you saying? Oh, if I... I had somebody one time tell me, well, I, if I could just make them. If you don't want to do this from your heart, sure, I know. I had children. I raised children. And I, oh, I could make them at least come and sit in service. But I, I also knew if it doesn't come from the heart, at some point, that's where this covenant was always supposed to be. There was an outward sign, yes. The outward sign was there, sure. Coming to church, reading my Bible, trying to watch how I say and act and do. But you know what? I don't do it because somebody's making a rule. Because somebody's telling me, you need to read your Bible every day. If you don't read your Bible. And I know, I, I grew up. I'd go down to Baton Rouge where my grandparents were and every service you went on Sunday, they had a list for you to fill out. Your name, how many chapters you read that week. They wanted to keep up with how many Bible you were reading. And so Buddy Psalms came out every morning on the way to church. Usually about 110 or 12, up 140, 130, those seven verse psalms, you know, I, I'd find them. Then I'd get caught, Psalms 119, oh God, how come I, oh. I was a kid. Then they wanted to know, check here if you gave in the offering. Check here if you invited somebody to Sunday school. I'd say, Grandma, let's go to Sunday school. <laughs> Honey, we're going right now. We're in the car. But I, I knew what was coming. I was going to have to check a list. I don't know how old I was, but it wasn't coming from here. It was coming from someplace else. But one day, Christmas was born right here. And I realized, Lord... I'm doing this because I love you. I have a covenant with you. You have been so good to me. You've never left me nor forsaken me. Now, I don't have to have a list, you know. Okay, you, we, you know, did I give in the offering? Did I pray? Did I invite? Something ought to flow from my, like a well of living water springing up. Oh, hallelujah. Let's stand. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.